Hello and welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Yugambeh people, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. My name's Nicole Bennett and I'm an urban and regional planner and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode I bring you conversations with city shapers and urban thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. We're one of the host cities for the Brisbane 2032 Olympics and Paralympics. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade for our city and our region. The conversations on this podcast help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So let's take a minute from our busy hustle and bustle day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode 17 for 2022. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by a passionate young planner and the current Planning Institute of Australia, Queensland Young Planners Convener, Fanoush Shukufan. Fanoush is an energetic and innovative planner, currently working as a strategic planner at Toowoomba Council. She was awarded a Bachelor Degree of Urbanism and completed her Masters of Urban Design in 2018. Fanoush has worked as a planner both in Iran and Australia within various planning and development disciplines. She's been an active Queensland Young Planner for three years. Born and raised in a mega city, Fanoush is enthusiastic about people and place. Her interests include placemaking, behaviour settings and analysis of users' behaviour and natural disaster resilience, specifically landslip. Welcome to the podcast, Fanoush. I'm pleased to have you today. How are you? I'm very well, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. And thank you for joining me all the way from Toowoomba. I was, I was just so keen to have you on the podcast. I, I really wanted to make sure that these episodes cover a range of views and particularly hear from young planners. And, you know, it's been a few episodes since I've had a young planner on the podcast. I think uh, Nick Camels was the, the last one, which was earlier this year. And given your role overseeing the Young Planners Group here in Queensland, I thought you'd just be the perfect person to find out some more about those key issues and opportunities that young planners are facing. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not a worry, but I thought maybe we could start at the beginning and find out what led you to becoming a planner. Sure. Um, so I might start with um, my childhood. Um, so I think I've always been um, the artistic person in my family and um, I painted, I played musical instruments, I was good at crafts since I was young and um, I think those are some good qualities uh, to have as, as a planner. Um, and um, during school years I was good at maths and physics as well so it was a bit difficult to choose what I wanted to pursue as my future career and um, um, choosing a career is quite different in Iran because switching to other professions especially significant switches is really not much of an option that is broadly promoted. So whatever field you choose, you'll pretty much pursue it until you retire. And just like many others, I was planning to be an architect and I didn't have much of a clue about what planning was, but I still added it to my uh, list of selected fields. 
I unfortunately didn't get the score to enroll for architecture, but that's how I got into uh, the Bachelor of Urbanism. And as time passed, um, I grew more and more fond of the field and stayed in the field. And if I might add a bit to it, um, I might talk about why I'm I'm still a planner. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I am also a bit of a perfectionist. Um, so once I start something, I aim to achieve the best results in it. And, and that also applies to my career. And something that I really love about planning is the versatility of, of this profession. And the fact that um, it's got quite vague borders with with other fields so it it makes it so that almost anyone can can find an area that piques their interest in in this field um, the only common factor in the different areas of planning is the human factor in my opinion and for the rest of it the the sky's the limit and and that makes this field so fascinating i love that that's such a great observation <laughs> so with with that in mind, what would you like to do with the next five years of your career? Where do you see planning taking you? Yeah, so I think that I still haven't found my favourite area in the planning world yet. I also haven't used my skills and knowledge as an urban designer to its full potential. I'd love to work on uh, projects related to my theses, which which were around um, behavior setting analysis and creating an urban design framework for landslide resilience. I'm also planning on improving my public speaking skills uh, further. And I think that's um, an area that many planners should focus on a lot more. I know that us as planners, uh, we need a suite of skills in, in our field, but we often focus on either strengthening the, the skills used for works done in the background, such as uh, problem solving skills or analysis skills, or we focus on skills such as present presentation and public speaking, uh, whereas I think that they go hand in hand. So we need to have both and strengthen both. And I think we should be able to promote the projects that, that we've, that we've ste- spent months completing. Mm. But unfortunately, unfortunately, even in my short time in the industry, I've seen too many planners at different stages of their career lacking those skills. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... Um, improve at least those those skills at, at the same time as much as much as I can. Yeah, it's another great observation. It's like those technical skills versus those softer communication skills and and you need to have both as you mentioned because it, you know a great project, you know, may be great, but if no one knows about it, then you know, how do we kind of learn from it and and you know, how do we kind of amplify its benefits? So I think that that's great sort of advice for for everyone to listen to. Um, but really awesome to hear that's what you're going to be focusing on over the next little while. Yeah. Um, and, and for the record, I think you do a great job of public speaking. I saw you at the uh, the Pia uh, Great Debate um, hosting that, and that was an excellent event. So uh, I think oh, thank you. <laughs> I think you're doing a great job there. Um, 
I would love to find out um, what you think the key issues that young planners are most passionate about. So you obviously convene a group of very passionate young planners and and um, I'm sure those committee meetings are, are quite enjoyable and enlightening and, you know, bring a, a bunch of passionate people together. So I'm keen for you to kind of distill what the key issues you're hearing from your your fellow colleagues are. Yeah, and um, I think um, the Toby's um, keynote during the uh, planning congress touched on some really important um, matters, one being that young people including the young planners, are a group that have been brought up in a world where we've felt inefficiencies, issues and dangers that arise from climate and housing crisis and social injustice. So we really know what it's like to be mentally in a pressure to find housing, find a job, stay healthy in a world that's uh, that's failing us economically, environmentally, and socially. So it is on the top of our list of actions. And young planners are passionate about um, taking action to solve the issues caused by humans, like protecting the environment, stopping urban sprawl, um, housing crisis, and land supply, which will only be amplified by, by more natural disasters, such as flooding and I've also touched on that at a at, at an event that that we held together with um, the young architects and the young engineers a few months ago. I I would really love to see more collaboration between the young professionals um, within the built environment area or even even a, a, the broader field to solve these um, issues and. The Queensland Young Planners Committee also developed a survey which um, attests to um, this statement. Um, We asked young planners about what is on their mind and the top three areas that um, the young planners uh, were passionate about and and, um, voted for were livability and housing, environmental planning and infrastructure planning. Yeah, that's really interesting. And do you think those issues are specific to young planners? I mean, it's interesting that um, you referenced Toby's keynote uh, and he, you know, children are of sort of 25% of the current world population, but but he kind of referenced, you know, young people are 100% of the future. And so yeah. I just wonder sort of, yeah, how, how do you think young planners view those issues differently to say, you know, more established planners? Yeah, so I think um, as I as I mentioned, um, it's not that these issues are specific to young planners, but I think um, Toby also mentioned um, that the young planners and young people um, see the world through a different lens, and we know what our priorities are and. And we know what the must-haves and and the essential um, issues are in order for us to be able to have a more sustainable and a healthier lifestyle. So it's not that it it is unique to um, young planners when it comes to uh, addressing these issues, but but the fact that um, with 
we put more emphasis on it, whereas the 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 other planners um, look at a bigger set and series of uh, problems, and mm. they they want to address um, all of those problems. Mm. So yeah, I, I guess it's just um, the emphasis or the focus that that's a bit different when it comes to the young planners or young yeah, people. Yeah, sure. There's a bit more of a sharper focus on those key issues. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, the next question I had for you, maybe in relation to those key issues of climate change and social injustice and, and those that you mentioned, you know, do you think that the role of a planner is changing? And if so, how? Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting question because I think that the role of planners has always been evolving based on what's required of it and the changing environment. And um, I think the problem is that the planning society has been a bit slow to respond to these changes. I, again, referred to another great um, discussion we heard at the PIA Congress um, when Dr. Tyson Young-Kaporta talked about this issue in, in the yarn at, at the uh, PIA Congress. Yeah, that and was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was um, really fascinating. I, I loved um, how he was quite frank when talking about these issues and and um, had a different, he, he didn't beat around the bush. So I, I really loved that. I, I thought it was quite refreshing. And yeah, so he talks about the, the fact that the education system is preparing young planners for a world that no longer exists. And I think that the young professionals mm. can clearly see that. And um, we have also um, started our career, uh, both the young professionals and the young planners, we've either started our career or um, started our studies during this um, extremely uncertain time, um, mm. which is the COVID-19 pandemic, when many were made redundant from their workplaces. Mm. And on the other side, um, we've seen how quickly the, the natural environment and the ecosystems heal once we, as humans, change the business as usual and stop our harmful routines that, that we've created over decades, including increasing urban sprawl and hence the desire to drive everywhere. Mm. So we've caught a glimpse of um, that healthier and more sustainable lifestyle for a year or two, which is enough evidence to make all planners, especially young planners, more determined to advocate for a change in the status quo at, at, a, faster, at a faster pace. Mm. One more thing that I want to mention around um, the role of planners, change uh, the, the changing role, role of planners, um, is that um, an attribute that I'd like to see more um, in this ever-changing environment is uh, for the planners to have more conviction. Yeah. Although planners consult with um, different stakeholders, they sometimes tend to forget the importance of their own professional opinions. Mm. And just one example of that would be that planning might influence the political decisions 
but the planner's professional opinions should be free from politics and certainly not superseded by it, um, which is some, something that you see, well, I've, I've seen a lot of it back in Iran, the, the planner's recommendations being neglected and superseded by, by political decisions, which is really disheartening. Yeah, and I think something that I, when I was in local government, held really close was that, you know, I, I my advice always needed to be frank and fearless. And it was a very wise planner who told me that. Yeah, I, I totally concur with, with that uh, statement that you've made. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a question, but it's just gone out of my, my mind. It was um, in relation to what you were discussing previously, but um, maybe it'll come back in into, into my brain. Sure. Oh, that's right. No, no, it's around the role of planners, and it was about digital and technology. And yeah. I just wonder, and you sort of mentioned COVID and, you know, and, and work from home and, and those sorts of um, different environment that, you know, young planners and, and people who are studying planning are now, uh, you know, coming into. And, you know, I was speaking with lecturers recently who said, you know, they hadn't met some of the people, the new planners in their class yet. You know, it was sort of this was the first year that they'd been able to actually have an in-person lecture or an in-person tutorial. And then, you know, I know that there's been planners who have graduated university and started in the workplace and not actually met their bosses, you know, for many months. Yeah. And, and, you know, even planners who are, you know, a couple of years out of uni and, and needing to sort of take on more responsibility, having to do a lot of that from home and sort of without that incidental conversations that are happening, you know, in the office. And I just wonder, you know, how, what impact kind of all of that is going to have, you know, I know there's a lot of positives from working from home, but whether the kind of, you know, impact on skills or knowledge transfer on young planners, you know, will be seen in years to come. I don't know whether you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I actually um, had ex have experienced that uh, myself because um, when I started working at the council, it was only a few months before um, uh, the, the pandemic. So yeah. I only experienced working with my team for a few months. Then I had to uh, work from home for um, around a year, which was more yeah. more time than I've I've spent um, with my team um, in, in at one space, which was um, quite challenging for me, and it was quite difficult. So. I think it would be the same for uh, the other young planners. And I think um, people and, and young professionals um, at the early stages of their career um, are more uh, susceptible to to the negative impacts of, of um, not being able to work uh, in the same space. Because as you said, there are so many benefits uh, when it comes to um, working working in one space and sharing that knowledge, sharing all those um, skills, and um, it just doesn't happen when uh, when you're working away um, or working from home, and um, that's why I think um, young professionals, especially the ones at the very start of their career, um, have it more more it's it's harder for them to um, cope and learn 
and um, improve their their skills um, in that situation. Yeah, totally. I think we just have to all be a little bit more mindful of of that because, you know, when when I sort of came out of university or even through university, I, you know, I, I never had kind of. We used to have lecture recordings that went online, but you know that was kind of after the fact, and it really wasn't something that you you sort of um, did unless you were unwell or, you know, it was just every, you know, every lecture you went in person pretty much. And, you know, going into the workplace, there really wasn't work from home as an option. And, you know, I love it now being, you know, more of a, a mid, mid-tier mid planner. You know, I can work from home quite comfortably, but I do feel for some of the younger planners that, uh, you know, rely upon kind of that transfer of knowledge within the workplace. So, yeah, we all just need to be a bit more mindful, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, the last question I had for you was in relation to what are the new skills young planners are bringing to the profession? So I think that um, young planners in general, um, I think we've we've touched on it, but um, they are more tech savvy and internet resourceful. Um, and this skill combined with um, young planners' tendency to network with their broader range of professionals from different fields provides more opportunities to collaborate with those fields and explore and expand the the edges of our areas of expertise, um, which is, I think, uh, great because there's so much potential there. And yeah, I, I think, um, again, I've touched on that, but young people in general, um, see the world in, in a different lens and um, something that I think um, is more evident in young planners might not be a skill but is an attribute um, is their inquisitive tendencies and and curiosity something that is a hobby of mine and and I've loved doing is is I, I love reading philosophical books and um, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is um, from a philosophy book called Sophie's World yeah okay. um, yeah a part of this book talks about how humans lose their curiosity as they grow up and are more certain about how this world we live in functions, but that's exactly the the only thing. Um, well, the the, wor- the the book quotes. That's exactly the only thing we're required to be good philosophers, which is mm. the faculty of wonder, and and I think it applies to us planners as well. The mm. the young planners tend to uh, be really curious, uh, be really open to learning. And um, I think all planners should stay curious and flexible because uh, those two qualities put the spotlight on their context and, and remind us to always find solutions based on the context. What a great place to leave the podcast. That's fantastic. The faculty of wonder. Stay curious and stay flexible. Wow. Thanks, Panoush. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time today, Fanoush. It's been so great getting to know you and learning about uh, the important work that young planners do and the important perspective that you bring to planning. Thank you for for leading this group of passionate planners and, and, you know, keep doing what you're doing because 
you know, I can see all the amazing uh, work that, that you guys are doing together and it's really inspiring and, and, you know, uplifting for us planners that have been in the industry a little bit longer. Thanks, Doll. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. And thank you for tuning into the Hustle and Bustle podcast this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review so that others find out about the show. You can follow us on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast and LinkedIn too. That's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.